everyone. Welcome to Movie Films. Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. And I'm Steve. Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. Steve, how are you doing this week? Uh, this week I'm doing pretty swell. Uh, but nothing's really happening. Uh, it has been a consistent snowstorm in this part of the world. Uh, we had a big one Friday and Saturday. And then it was clear on Sunday and Monday. And then there was another big one on Tuesday. Um, and it didn't snow anymore today. But there's a bunch of fucking snow piled up fucking everywhere. Hell, yeah, regular winter wonderland out there, eh? <laughs> if I still had a snowmobile, I'd be like the happiest boy alive. However, I do not have a snowmobile. Well, your car is like a snowmobile. <laughs> not exactly! No, no, exactly the same thing. Oh, okay. Just put, um, some, put some treads on there, baby. Woo! <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. I uh, finally hooked up my fire stick to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because Bill notified me that New Japan Pro Wrestling actually does have a streaming app on a couple of places, Chromecast and Amazon Fire Stick, which I received for Christmas, but I had not hooked up yet because I have a smart TV, which mostly makes a Fire Stick useless. That's but fair. But hooking up the Fire Stick, I found out that there are a few things that the Fire Stick does that the TV doesn't, such as New Japan. There's a few other apps that are on Fire Stick that aren't that don't have uh, solo smart TV apps, and little things like I could stream Amazon Music through my television while I clean the house and stuff instead of uh, downloading that app on my computer as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? If I ever want to, pop out the Fire Stick, go in the basement, plug it into my other TV, and boom, I got two smart TVs. Boom, the smartest televisions. Yes, in the smartest house. I need to uh, dig out my... I have the launch Fire Stick, because basically... Uh... At the time, that's when my PS3 broke, as in, I put in, I was watching the film Premium Rush, starring jo Justin Gordon-Levitt and Michael Shannon. Good film, enjoyed it. Except my PS4 decided that it, no, sorry, the PS3 at the time, decided that that was its disc, and it will not return it. Oh, uh, no. So I did not have a device to stream stuff, so I bought the Fire Stick, because it was on sale for 20 bucks. I'm like, sweet. Uh, I found it to be okay. Didn't think it was the best. Uh, so I'm curious if the newer models are any better. I'm also curious to see how the old one still fares. I need to dig it out and plug it in to try to see how, how well the uh, New Japan World app works. And I remember having cool stuff, like there was a Hasbro channel, so you can watch like Transformers and Fraggle Rock and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. There was quite a lot of stuff on there at the time. I don't know what it looks like now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, by comparison, I don't know is what I mean. So, for the New Japan streaming app, did it look similar to the website? I was curious how it looks on the Fire Stick. It is not similar to the website at all. It is a little bit different, and it seems like it will be a slight pain to search for shows, but not impossible. That's good. The uh, the thing I'm most interested in is how easy it will be to get the uh, English commentary and stuff, if it's automatic or what. Uh, because uh, it seems like the only show that has specifically two separate options for Japanese and American commentary is Wrestle Kingdom. But when I chose to watch... Um, uh, New Year's Dash. It was English commentary. Maybe you clicked on the right video. Maybe because that's basically how New Japan World works for the English stuff. There's there's basically separate videos. So you, if you wanted to watch the um, uh, Japanese commentary stream, you click on that video, and that's the video that plays. If you watch the English commentary, it's similar when they're streaming too. There's two different streams when they're live on their they're broadcasting live. Okay. Yeah. So it's just a matter of finding that. I I haven't uh, really took time to navigate the website in about uh, two years. Mm -hmm. Just because I just get on, I watch the shows, or I just find links to shows on there. I don't actually do much searching. 
So I'm not the best uh, one to go for advice for that. But there is a lovely community of people out there who are just experts on the whole fucking thing. Yeah. But I admittedly just don't go searching for a lot of stuff. If I search for that, if I just find links to it, then I go to the, you know, click the link that sends me a New Japan World, and I'm a-okay. But beyond that, I ain't got diddly. Woo! Ain't got diddly. Woo! Um, Matt Hardy confirmed that Senor Benjamin is coming. Well. Which makes me really happy. That's cool. I'll just have to figure out what the fuck they're doing with his Woken character in the first place. (laughs) Beyond his gimmick just being he laughs. He laughs a lot. God, he's just, he's, he's fucked. <laughs> he's fucked, Steve. Just like him, he got, maybe he got paired up with Bray. I'm like, well, <laughs> well, folks. I mean, I was against that at first, but it, until WWE showed they weren't sure what they were doing the following two weeks. Uh, it's a little bit better now again, but initially no, went, I was this like. Week, this week it went right back to being bad again. Oh, lame. They can't quite figure it out. I don't know. It's so weird. Just lit, just literally give him cameras, let him film over the weekend, and just come back and be like, give us the receipts for for what cost you money, and we'll nope, cover Steve, it. Can't do that. Nope. It's got to be their way, on their dime, how they want to be, with Braun Strowman tipping over a truck and in the course of a minute having, like, 17 cuts. Yep. Him tipping over a truck. Which I get, you have to sign his cut to hide the hide the hide the tricks. But at the same time, uh, there was a, uh, a fan video someone posted of like someone's like way like the side view showing it. it looked way better than having schizophrenia on camera. <clears throat> I uh, mean, I'm less annoyed by um, the 17 cuts when flipping a truck. I'm more annoyed by like 40 cuts during like just punching. <laughs> the camera's zooming in. The camera's shaking. Whoa! <laughs> it's an earthquake. People at home are idiots. You have to make sure they're conveying the action to them. <laughs> they can't see it. Well, my TV is shaking. It must be intense. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Wilma, Wilma, the earthquakes are coming. <laughs> no, honey, that's just the big show. <laughs> by golly. This uh, impersonation is brought to you by Carl's Jr. Uh, check out their delicious uh, burgers. Thank you, Carl's Jr. <sighs> Uh, my week is A-OK, um, not a lot going on, not too unfamiliar. Uh, sometimes I want to talk about uh, films I picked up, and one particular film I was really looking forward to is going to Best Buy, getting the steel book of Blade Runner 2049, I was really looking forward to that, and then the day it came out, my Best Buy never got any 4K steel books in stock. Oh, great. Because I was going to buy the steel, 4K steel book, because it comes with the Blu-ray, then eventually when ps5 or whatever comes out there's an eight there's a 4k you know blu-ray drive in it i'll be fine then but i figured whatever i'll just go ahead and buy this now because it's a movie i care enough about and they just never got any in stock like other stores in illinois got it in stock just my my best buy store didn't get any in stock so Great. i said oh awesome okay well after work i'll pop over there maybe i'll maybe i'll, I'll look and see maybe, maybe i'll decide to pick up the regular well by by the time i got work uh, the regular sold out Great. Like the regular Blu-ray, so I said, "Okay, well, I'm just gonna go to Target," <laughs> and I just went and bought it. Thanks, Best Buy. Good you job. Any Best other Buy. time, there's a fucking Steelbook release. You have like seven thousand of them on the shelves, just sitting there. Yeah. But but when it's time, when I want to buy something, nope. Man, I have not been in a Best Buy in years. Oh really? I go there quite often because again, like your video game the... club, right? 
Uh, when I do buy games, like if I'm no, if I if like next year, I like I guess now we're 2018, duh. Uh, like with Bayonetta and Metal Gear Survive and all the stuff coming out this year, I'll probably sign up again and utilize it. But Amazon does a percentage off as well for a lot of stuff, and it just might as well just do that and just have it delivered and not really worry about leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Like it was good for the while. I did have the Gamers Club because that was back when Metal Gear Solid. Uh, um, Five was coming out, and then obviously Lego Dimensions, and there's all that stuff. And the Gamers Club uh, act worked for Lego's Dimensions, and all that other stuff. So I got a lot of money off of that. So that was a pretty good deal. So yeah, the, the Adventures in Steelbook hunting, which you get to go to Best Buy because Best Buy gets all the steelbooks. And sometimes when there's a movie I care about, I'm like, yeah, I think having a steelbook would be nice. Or they get good art for the steelbooks, or something like that. And it's like, okay, I'm, you know, when you're in the realm of collecting physical media, you know, sometimes you want something that looks nice, a yeah, dressed up a little bit. Unless, unless that uh, the Wonder Woman steel book, the Wonder Woman steel book they got last year was horrendous looking. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember it now. Hmm. Oh, who they got to do the art for that? It was pretty rough. Well, <clears throat> fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, more importantly, Steve, Mill Creek, who have gone from being the schlock hundred video, hundred public domain movies on DVDs for five dollars at Walmart. Now they're almost right, like similar in Shout Factory, and you're just releasing good quality content. Uh, I'm a big fan of Red Brown, and uh, one of his films, Your Hunter from the Future, got a Blu-ray release from uh, Mill Creek, and they just went the extra extra step and had Red Brown come in and do commentary track for it. So Sick. I'm very excited to check that out. I still need to pick up their Shakes the Clown because that was great because they did have Bobcat and Tom Kenny and uh, people come in and do commentary for it. Mm-hmm. So I need to pick up. I need to pick up that still. But you know, Mill Creek. There's. I mean, I already had tons of positive things to say about them for their uh, Miami Vice Blu-ray set, and it's just like it's so great because for years they're always kind of a joke amongst me and my friends because we uh, when we used to do more board gaming every other week on, every week on Saturdays and stuff. Afterwards, we basically roll D one hundred, look at the back of the like hundred horror movie box, and pick a movie out and start watching it and just kind of cross them off as we went. So it just from amongst us, Mill Creek was always just garbage garbage quality company even so it's good it's really cool to see them actually stepping up and you know elevating themselves above stuff unlike other companies like anchor bay and such you started out great then this gradually fell downhill mm-hmm. into a complete uh shit so uh there's that that's my week nothing else too interesting going on hmm hmm Royal Rumble's coming up, and that's about it for our wrestling talk and such. I'm definitely going to watch it. Well, we're watching it, baby, because guess what, folks? We're reviewing it for this episode. Next episode. Next next episode. Reviewing it for next episode, folks. So, check that out. All seven hours of it. I don't know how long it's going to be. A lot of matches on it. They obviously booked too many matches, because the United States Championship Finals were supposed to be on there. And they got moved to SmackDown this week instead. So, it'll be interesting. Well, let's see. We got the Women's Rumble, the Men's Rumble, uh, the Universal Championship match. Uh, there's, a, there's some tag team matches, I think. Don't know. I think it's, all, I think it's it for the show. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so, Stephanie McMahon's going to win the Women's Rumble. Of course she is. And then... <laughs> She's going to beat Ronda Rousey. It's going to come down to Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey is going to be number 30, and then Stephanie's going to throw her out over the top rope before Ronda can throw a punch. Uh, yeah, probably. 
Okay, so that, that's that. Okay, that's my prediction. Stephanie Van, see who's your prediction for the Women's Rumble? I don't know. Oh, realistically, uh, I think Asuka, but I would not... I, would I not... Realistically, Asuka, but at the same time, Asuka cannot win the Rumble without it affecting her streak. So I don't think it's required that she has to win it. No, yeah, no, no, no. That streaks is only streaks only matter for singles. Yes, because uh, she, she got eliminated in NXT like over the top rope, the qualifying thing. Yeah, before. exactly. No, but I mean, if as far as credible uh, people, I think she's most likely. But I will not be surprised at all if number thirty is Stephanie McMahon, mm-hmm. and she comes out and just and wins it. I would not not be surprised at all. Me neither. And then uh, the men's rumble. Uh, I feel like the uh, the favorite is Shinsuke. I mean, I think Shinsuke is going to win it because it, I I don't think it's going to be Cena because of all the consistent statements that Cena is like bigger than the title now, so they don't need Cena to go for the title WrestleMania. They're going to give him some other match. I believe that because it makes sense. And it's, and it's not going to be Cena versus Brock either. It's no, definitely not. But I was talking about uh, Cena versus AJ. Um, well, it's, I guess that's no, that's true because he's he's kind of he's still a free a free agent. That's the word. So he can yeah. go in between stars. wherever he wants. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's coming. It comes down to either Finn or Shinsuke to me, but I don't think they're going to give it to Finn because it's going to be Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania. Yeah, they're still doing that. I mean, there's like, man, now if there's some evidence to it. There's that whole like uh, steroid st- thing, steroid bust that's going on that that the guy who did it is implicating. Roman Reigns, amongst other people, and yeah. so it's like, ooh. Yeah, so, um, so what I'm expecting is Shinsuke wins the Rumble, and then at whatever the next Raw pay-per-view, or the one after that, that's when Roman, assuming nothing happens with the whole steroid thing, that's when he will win some sort of match that gives him the number one contender position. Yeah, because there's going to be an elimination chamber is for SmackDown, and that's then, course, then there's Fastlane. That's it. For, for Raw, so. Yeah. It'd be inter- there's a lot of interesting things going on. But yeah, as far as that, I mean... They're in Philly again. I highly doubt Roman's winning it. Yeah, Philly. exactly. Because last, last time he won it in Philly, uh, they booed him, and they booed The Rock. Yep. It was it was interesting. So, hey, I'm glad people sucked at their guns instead of just being, you know, hey, there's a fucking, uh, what was I going to say? Just like dangling candy in front of children to get them to be happy. I'm glad that that crowd was just like, nope, fuck you. I don't care if The Rock's on that stage as well. Yeah. Classic. Classic, classic. Uh, as far as actual movie news going on, uh, Spike TV is no longer Spike TV. Now it's the Paramount Network. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so uh, TNA has not only outlived Spike TV. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's fascinating. That... That has been quite the network in my lifetime. Well, yeah, because it was a uh, uh, TNN, then it turned over and it became Spike, and Spike itself has just been like insane. It was oh, what the fuck was it called? God damn it! That was such a weird station. It never knew what its fucking identity was. Oh yeah, when it launches, like we're the man station. This is the man station. Man, like they did the Game Awards that one year, Sam Jackson hosting, and they had like the. Oh, most embarrassing ways to die, or check out these hot, hot chicks, or oh, of course they also played you know most extreme elimination challenge and uh, ninja like all these other shows. It was such a hodgepodge, yeah, hodgepodge network. And then of course, obviously that's when they also were like the first network really for TNA, inferring its first like big run and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. TNA was 
TNA is, yeah. I think, uh, apparently making a big deal with Twitch, which is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, from the last, uh, now it's going to Impact since it was bought by Anthem uh, Entertainment up in Canada. So yeah, they're doing this big thing with Twitch where they'll do like they're doing like twenty four seven streaming of stuff, and then there'd be like weekly shows on Twitch and stuff. So they're doing a lot of things to try to try to correct things and try to fix things after their many many years of just hardships mm-hmm. and piss poor management. Yeah, yeah, so, seriously. Interesting to see if they they get had it. a lot of like legitimate highs. They did a oh, lot yeah, of good no, things. No, no, yeah, from like 2000, uh, I think we say like 2005, 2008 is what a lot of a lot of people say is like they were like way better than WWE for like a lot of stuff they were doing, and mm-hmm. they definitely had high points. Then it just became uh, then Hulk Hogan showed up. <laughs> oh no! Like the, the show kind of became a shit show, and now it's just kind of a joke amongst everybody. But you know, at the same time, it's a joke, but it's also. In regards to a lot of things, because like it just never never dies. It goes from Spike TV to Pop TV to Destination no Destination America, then Pop TV, then then gets bought by Anthem. It's just it's just it's wild. It's everything is just wild with that fucking company. Uh, so yeah, I'm not quite sure what all is going to happen with this Paramount Network thing. I thought that was interesting. Uh, as far as other movie news, uh, The Last Jedi is being pulled from theaters in China. After two weeks, because it made, like, $30 million? Some really abysmal number. Mm-hmm. And, like, most people are saying, that even people who don't like the film are also, you know, being like, well, yeah, it's Star Wars. China doesn't give a shit about Star Wars. And as far as big CG spectacles, uh, the Hollywood films are not getting quite as much pull anymore in China, because more and more films that China makes themselves are becoming very equal in terms of that, so they're, they don't really have to rely on, like, you know, Transformers films and such, which we saw with The Last Night. Mm-hmm. Not making nearly as much money. Uh, any any other news you've heard about? Because I have not heard Jack Diddley when it mm. came to movie news this last week. Not a damn thing. So, I think that's about it. Quick movie news segment. Wahoo! Uh, so, failed movie month started out with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That didn't work out. Uh, so we're moving on to the sequel film to that, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, 1988, rated PG, one hour, 38 minutes. Crazy old Professor Gangrene has developed a way to make tomatoes look human for a second invasion. Directed by John DeBello, which if you would have told me that the same person was responsible for the first film as this film, I would have told you... You're a liar. You're you're a fucking Portuguese hooker, shit. (laughs) Because I would not believe you. Uh, so that might... Hit how I felt about this film. Steve, what'd you think of Return of the Killer Tomatoes? It's definitely way better. Oh, it's Night and Day! the first one. Night and Day. Like, this, uh, if only the first one was like this. I'd be interested in seeing all of them. Yeah, somebody tells me, uh, the, the, the next films aren't nearly as good as this. Probably not. I guess over ten years, people learn how to make a movie. No shit, this film looks great, it's funny, has great cast, it's like, man, they just really took that time, took those ten years to really just, just discover the craft of filmmaking and joke writing. Yeah. Thank goodness. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, like, immediately this film just kicks it right off with the jokes, and I immediately am just like, having, I'm just laughing, and like, this is instantly better. Mm-hmm. With the whole, like, one dollar movie bit, and... The secret word and the secret word is the nine twenty two. Yeah, 
Large-breasted women go to the beach and take their no, tops off. Big-breasted girls go to the beach and take their tops off. Good movie. Did, did we watch this movie the last two weeks? Well, I like it more. <laughs> I like it more. This like I mean, that that bit is great. Not not only like the visual bit, the song, the like the songs they wrote for that tra- like opening of that film. Yeah, is so funny. It's it's pretty funny. It's pretty fucking funny. God. Steve, this was just a like hour and a half of me just kind of just laughing, laughing a lot, <laughs> and having a good time because like this, they were doing the jokes and they made me laugh. They were just right in my wheelhouse of the kind of stuff I laugh at. Yeah, like right off the bat, there's like a map, a really shitty fucking map painting <laughs> of, Dr. of Professor Gang Green played by John Aston. and it's just like this garbage house when they have to show it raining or some effects on it because they have a house. But as far as wide shots with rain, they have to use a matte painting. Yeah, of course. But whatever. And even that, even that's a punchline to a joke later. Yeah, there's a, there's a de- definitely a few payoffs in this film, which is an, uh, infinitely more than I can say about the first film. It's actually infinitely more than I can say about most films. Sometimes that's true. As far like you, you, they call attention to the end, at the end of the film, like, hey, we paid, you know, see, we paid off everything, and then a, then a, not everything. We, then a pizza falls on George Clooney's head that he tossed up in, like, the first five minutes of the movie. Everything. And it's just like, great. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much, movie. I think uh, my favorite bit, and then callback to the bit, is that this film definitely super predates the Wayne's World product placement scene. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it does it in a very funny way. But what sells me on the joke is that, like, 30 minutes later, George Clooney's on screen eating, uh, what is that, like a fucking O. Henry bar or something? Yeah. And, and holding a beer with the label pointed right towards the camera, looking into the camera as he eats the candy bar. And not, not only that, in the background, you can see the box uh, sitting up perfectly to see O. Henry on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, there's, there's no attention brought to the joke, aside from it being directly in front of your face the entire time. And then later, huh? Honda Quad Runners. Oh man, these things get gas mileage. <laughs> you can get up to the Toyota uh, San Diego dealership. Yes. And then it's like, do we have enough money for this yet? And the camera pulls, pans over, and the entire cast and crew are just like lavish and partying and everything. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, anyone that speaks on camera, four hundred dollars. No one said anything. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, I, you know, John, I got a great idea. You know, just do product placement. You know, it's it's a common thing nowadays. It's the eighties. No, 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 it's the 80s. No, no big deal. Trust me. George Clooney is uh, really good in this. Baby George Clooney. Ah, oh, he's incredible in this. He's so good. I, I, everyone in this film is great, Steve. Yeah, you're right. Everyone in this film is great. I, I really enjoyed Anthony Stark and, and Karen Mistel and, and George Clooney in this. They all just were amazing. And then it's like, you look up... Like, I kind of came to Karen Mistel... I thought, okay, well, she's she's obviously really good looking, so maybe it's just one of those cases where they got a model or something to put in the film. But I'm like looking, like, no, she studied improv. She's like an actual, like, legit, like, comedy actor and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, excellent, perfect. Yeah, that, that's fucking that's awesome. awesome. That's incredible. Love that so much. Uh, would you like a blowjob while I iron your pants? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I would. I forgot how racy this film was. Yes, this film, like, the first one is definitely comes off as very kid-friendly. Yeah. This film does not, and that really works to its benefit. <laughs> which is which is funny, because it's PG, which, again, 
man, you, you can get even in '88, PG was still he could still do some good stuff with it. Mm-hmm. And this is this was the show that became the cartoon series. Oh yeah, sorry, this is the movie that became the cartoon series. Yes, and so like even as a kid, I, I remember a lot of the stuff. Like, ah, okay, this is. I forget. I forget. I just forget how racy it was. Like not even that. Just like her propensity for sex. Like them going to the porno shop and everything. Yes. And, although they were they were a bit more careful. All the tapes in the background don't have nudity on them and such. Yes, that is true. Uh, one of my favorite uh, kind of things like that is the John Candy um, Eugene Levy comedy Armed and Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one part in the film where they do go to a porno shop, like on Forty Second Street, and like right in front of them, like center frame it's a little little blurry because not in focus because they're focused on something behind it there's just a woman sucking a dick <laughs> and that's all this amazing other stuff. and i i don't remember that film being rated r of course it wasn't let's uh do some quick uh research some quick research here for some some comedy films i pg th- pg-13 steve and there's there's dicks and everything all over the place when they go to that porno shop well it's done tastefully it's not focused, you can get away with it in 1986. Perfect. Again, back when the PG-13 rating got you a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I remember when the PG rating got you a lot of stuff. I know, I mean, I know <laughs> I just got done saying PG could get you some stuff, but PG could get you a lot more 10 years earlier, or even 20 years earlier, to say that. Just, and, like, the PG-13 is like, you were, like, within, like, one fraction of an R rating. Like, yeah. Now... But, but then you, you know, move forward 10 years later, then you're like, this, or even, no, I'm sorry, again, 20 years later, like when you look at 20, 2006 and onward, PG-13 rating is just a shadow of its former self. It really is. Well, we've talked about that before. Uh, to infinity we have. <laughs> well, it comes up a lot. We watch a lot of older films that we really like, and you're like, oh, this is PG? Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, fucking Jaws is PG. Mm-hmm. And there's people getting bitten in half by sharks. Yeah, fuck them. People saying bitch and all this other stuff. Whoa. They said Whoa. Bitch. Yowza. Yowza. Uh, yeah, but no, definitely, like, going off of actors. Like, let's talk about George Clooney for a second. Uh, I want to... I, I wish I had clout sometimes, just so I could be like, be like someone important, so I could ask somebody else that's important a question about something. Because I want to know... I, I don't think i've ever heard what he felt about his early films i feel like over years i've heard him be fond of things like not act like a lot of other actors who when they get uh you know big in hollywood and stuff they just completely disregard everything they did before they got famous yeah i whenever i hear george talk about his older stuff in interviews he never comes off that way yeah thanks he, thanks because I, was, I was i wasn't sure yeah he has consistently been like you know you got to respect you know the uh the shittier stuff you do as you're trying to uh, find yourself as a, a career actor. You know, if it wasn't for that stuff, I wouldn't be where I am now, and stuff like that is what he generally yeah. says. Uh, he is not. He never comes off as ashamed of any of it. He never comes off like Kevin Bacon acting like he doesn't know what the fuck Tremors is. Which is so bad. He's so good in that. And he's been in far worse stuff. Like, I don't know why he hates Tremors. That's a good movie. The only movie that George Clooney is ashamed of is Batman and Robin. Which I feel is silly because that's not even the worst Batman film. No. Batman Returns. No, it isn't. But, I mean, in pop culture it is, so. <sighs> no, it isn't. It makes me, well, I mean, d- makes me laugh, which is more than I can say for other movies. 
But a lot of people always go Batman Robins, <laughs> Joel Schumacher. It's like that's the one that everyone always goes for. That that that's low hanging fruit. Hey guys, let's sit down and watch Batman Returns, Batman and Robin back to back, and point out everything that's wrong with each film. Oh look, they both have the same amount wrong with them, except Batman and Robin makes me laugh. Batman no, Returns has Batman strapping a bomb to a human being and smiling about it, or turning the Batmobile around 180 degrees just to set some dude on fire that was doing nothing at the time except for setting empty stores on fire. Well, property damage is no laughing matter, Steve. Also, Catwoman eats bird. And when, Penguin when, is a horrible it, mutant that lives in the cleanest sewer in the world. <laughs> Except when he falls in and he's puking up stuff because he put some toxic waste in there. And a bunch of circus folk follow him for some reason and are totally okay with the idea of him murdering children in every fucking town he goes to. <laughs> I don't like Batman Returns, Bill. I know I don't I don't care for it either. Uh, but you know, speaking of George, you know, like when it you know, when it comes to older films, I think the most I don't know famous one amongst our circles is of course like Texas Chainsaw Four, mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey because they, they made that film so early and then it sat on the shelves for years. And by the time they get really famous, it gets released and they're suing to have the film not come out. Yeah, and also they're tough and it's just like, come on, guys! Like when you see behind the scenes stuff, they clearly are having a good time making the film, right? And but now it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like I think over time, I think Matthew McConaughey is uh, you know warmed up to a lot more than, but Renee Zellweger is still. I was like, how dare you bring up that trash? Some people like it, Renee. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's a very good movie. But admittedly, I would, I only watch it for Matthew McConaughey, right? Because he's fucking owning that movie. He fucking rules in Robot that movie. Yeah, Robot Leg and just all over the place. Uh, but you know, not you know, just moving beyond you know George Clooney, who is uh, looking great, great hair, charisma out the ass, out I, the I really ass. Enjoyed, I really enjoyed Anthony Stark. as kind of the panicky teen who has all this shit going on around him, and him having to just deal with it, and figure it yeah. out. And then George Clooney's the straight man who's just like cool with everything and just playing it off. Yeah, just playing it off the story. Yeah, I really like that. You know, he's in the entire film because I watched some stuff like. Um, uh, Return to Slaughter High, and he's only in it for like five minutes. Yeah, no, in this one, he's a fuck. He's the star. Yeah, he's one of the stars, no fucking question. Which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. And he's, and he, I, I, uh, I'm gonna keep talking about Clooney because obviously he's the most famous of this bunch, and it's just, uh, it's just, he's enjoyable. He's got great comic comedic timing. He's all over the place, just with good. He's got good bits at the time. He's like walk along, sing a song, doesn't know the words to it, making up other stuff. It's just mm-hmm. you know, charming. Lots of charm, even when he's. Uh, Pretending to run a Rob Lowe con- meet Rob Lowe contest. Yeah, meet Rob Lowe. Fucking great choice. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny about that is like even like parts of the film that are clearly kind of elements of a sex comedy are still still really work really well in this. Like that's that type of bit could have easily been in like a Revenge of the Nerds or oh absolutely Porkies or Screwballs or some <laughs> other type of. Uh, teenage sex comedy film here's the biggest strength of the turn i just want to mention this because you brought up oh, sure. how well that scene works is that the reason why attack of the killer tomatoes is a complete failure in my mind is the fact that both the killer tomatoes part of the film is pointless and the stuff happening between the killer tomatoes stuff part of the film is pointless and not good with this film yeah. um uh, the tomato plot line is actually interesting and fun and then everything happening between that with the other characters is also interesting and fun Mm-hmm. Just want to say that because you brought up how but, well that scene works. Yeah, totally. It, like uh, it, this one is actually parroting something and staying true and, and staying true to it, and also elevating it and making it uh, fun. Yeah, 
Like, when it comes to, like, relating to this, this being sex comedy stuff, I, I always kind of think of, like, when it came to, like, Scary Movie and all those, like, modern kind of parody films, my favorite is always Not Another Teen Movie. Okay. Because I thought I did an excellent job of parodying those type of teenage, you know, uh, John Hughes, like, par- teenage films, and I did a very good job of parodying them, in my opinion. So I, and, I, and obviously Chris Evans is charismatic and funny as shit, so it works great I mean, enough. I remember seeing that one when I was younger, and I liked it at the time. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that one holds up the most. I mean, my, I, my favorite is superhero movie, and I think I remember bringing it up once on the podcast, and it is for the same reason that that is strictly a parody of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the other blank movies that is just, like, a hodgepodge of pop culture references. That one is a strict parody of Spider-Man. And it works immensely well. Yeah, I think that was the one I never saw because the trailers for it really sold it as being another one of those other movies. Yeah, be, well, they fucking added an X-Man scene. And it was added yes. after they wrapped filming and got the movie done because the producers wanted it to look like one of those popular, successful pop culture reference parody movies. Mm-hmm. But that's the only fucking scene that's out of place, and I hate that scene. The rest of the movie is remember. legit good. Was it Pamela Anderson or, Le- or Carmen Electra that was Mystique? And that. I didn't I wanna remember that. I want to say Pam Anderson. I, I thought so, because I thought they like just painted her tits blue, and it was, like she was. I remember her being like all over stuff, like marketing-wise. But that's, again, why I thought it was running into that realm of just a uh, bad parody. I'll find out. I'll find out right like, now. Like, like Disaster Movie or Meet the Spartans. Yeah. And it was not, Man. but they wanted it to look that way, and really... Really hurt the film! <laughs> uh, but even going back to this film, I like... Even this film had uh, world-building. Like, it was obviously a you know, in, in-universe sequel, you know. You're, you, this is a world where tomatoes are outlawed. They're like an underground, you know, legal trade good. And it's a, ba- it's a big deal. Like, everyone's still terrified of tomatoes. And I like that Fidletter opened a pizza shop. Yes. And admittedly, most of these pizzas are, uh, just sound like dessert pizzas you can get nowadays at places. I know, right? <laughs> 30 years later, just restaurants have really upped their game. Well, they gotta be, be got, they gotta be ready to drop the tomatoes at any given... At any time. At any time. Yeah. I mean, most of it actually didn't sound that bad. Like, I would eat that, except I I'm kept having anchovies, and I'm not, not all on anchovies, but it's like, one's like pepperoni, cheese, and blackberry sauce, so like... That probably wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. That'd actually probably work out pretty well. I, I'm sure I would try that. But I'm just a crazy white person. I don't know. You are a crazy white person. Crazy white boy! Goddamn whitey. Uh, I want to back, back, go back to Karen Mistel. Uh, she's gorgeous and funny, and I like her character in this film. I like her arc. Mm-hmm. I like how she's just a tomato woman that wants to get away from things. Yeah. But she's still a fun and, character. And just wants to have fine true love. Yeah. Actually, the, my favorite character of the film is Igor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good character. Igor's really funny. You are too <laughs> handsome to be my goddamn <laughs> servant. Sorry, should I walk like this, sir? Oh, fucking stop it. <laughs> yeah, I like how it, it, even John Aston, again, character in the film is just like, just sick of it. Like, no, just stop it. we got things to do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> John Aston's my favorite character in this. Yeah, he's having a good time. He's having a great time. I mean, we say that, you know, we we actually get to set and John Aston hates it, everything. <laughs> but he's doing so well in the film. Mm-hmm. He is... He, 
Bundles of fun. He is sick of everyone's shit. He just wants to take over the world with his tomatoes, which is fine. Totally fine. Uh, I appreciate that we got the answer to uh, the questions of what happened to some team members we never saw again. Because we complained about that in the first episode. We, we did, we did. Like, what the fuck happened to the scuba guy? He goes into a fountain and never comes back. Well, he's back. Uh, did yep. did the uh, Master of Disguise die? We don't know. We were never shown. Nope. It's Omar Gaddafi! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that joke worked for me really well in this one. The ten-year wait for that joke <laughs> to come back is what really makes that joke work. I respect that a lot. Well, that was funny, like, immediately after him, then cowboys walk in, then ninjas start fighting the cowboys, then there's bikers. Yep. What a strange... What a strange bit. Was that but the yeah, just... original Master of Disguise actor? Because it looked like him. Uh, Frank Davis? No, playing, playing Sam Smith, the Master of Disguise? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, because I'm pretty sure anyone who could uh, be I'm... in the film came back. I mean, That's it looked the... like they got everyone back except for the press secretary. Yeah, I'm going to double-check here real quick. Which is funny, because I feel like in the flashback, not even the flashback footage, um, like the, uh, sorry, at the beginning of the film, when they're telling like the story up till now, like when they're throwing throwing him to get locked up, it looked like he was the same actor, but then when it came to them breaking him out of the jail and all that stuff, it was a different actor. I couldn't remember if at the end of... No, he, no wait, wait, hold on. At the end of the movie, he got shot and killed, though. He got stabbed by a Finletter's sword. Uh, he, is it a retcon? It's a retcon. It's clearly a retcon, because you're right, but that is supposed to be that character. Uh, according to IMDb, Frank Davis did not play the original Sam Smith and Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, that guy looks just fucking like him. Like like that like that actor aged 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, he is the master of disguise. But you know what? That you're going from a film of shitty quality, so you're seeing this black actor play this guy, then you're seeing a film ten years later of good film stock and high quality film. <laughs> and you're like, Oh yeah, it's, it's clear to him. It's like, no. 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 It it's not. Bad film from seventy eight is hiding a lot of features. <laughs> maybe maybe he's just in disguise. He's in disguise, yeah. I, I can't think, I can't tell. It's crazy. Yowza. Yowza. I'm going to see who played the original scene real quick. <laughs> just, just investigative journalism. That's what I'm doing. A lot of people in this film have good charisma. I guess not even beyond George Clooney and Karen Mistel. Like, like Anthony Stark had, had good charisma. So did um, Steve Lundquist as Igor. And none of them did a ton. It was some guy named Gary Smith who has not acted since 1987. Wow. Which means he was still acting when they did Return of the Killer Tomatoes. So I'm curious. He was also in five episodes of Doctor Who. Oh, there you go. Back in 68. Uh, apparently Steve Lundquist, who played Igor, is an Olympic gold medalist in swimming. Okay, I could believe it. Won gold medals in the 100-meter breaststroke and the 400-meter relay at the 1984 Summer Olympics in L.A. That's amazing. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, this guy's a good, pretty fun, charismatic actor. How come he didn't do any more? I look at him like, oh, he's an Olympic gold medalist. Okay. <laughs> good for him. He did plenty, asshole. I'm glad he did lots of stuff, and he just decided to do this movie. I guess he's also in Earth Girls Are Easy. He's also in uh, Killer Tomatoes Strike Back and Killer Tomatoes Eat France. Wow. Well, there you go. Also, did you notice that the post-credit hint was See You in France, and that did not get made next? Yeah, I did Because that confused the hell out of me. I was just like, wait a second, is Tomatoes Eat France Part 3? 
Yeah, because the director's mom told me that him and his friends worked really hard in this film, and I have to watch the credit credits. Oh my god, so that was that amazing. I listened to that little lady and said, okay, I, I, will, I will watch these. That was one of my favorite post-mid-credit like mid-credit things ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, this film again ends with like the the carrots, and I, I thought it... I keep thinking it would have been great if you made a fifth film where everyone was so worried and concerned about the tomatoes that they never paid attention to the carrots. Which have built up an entire nation at this point. Yeah, because, I mean, admittedly, maybe this does get touched on and strike, uh, kill tomatoes strike back and eat France, but, like, the first film, like, they're on the ground, like, hey, guys, we can come out. This film, they're, like, fully grown with, like, machine guns and everything. <laughs> Bandanas. And I'm like, man, there's some great progression here, like, to backdoor, like, a fifth sequel, where then you could have, like, <clears throat> tomatoes versus carrots or something. Mm-hmm. You can go all out if you wanted to. But they didn't, they didn't, they didn't do that. Well, the last thing he directed was EA Sports Game Time. One episode of a TV series in 2012. Sick. Sick. <laughs> he also did Black Dawn in 97. Is that, like, the good Black Dawn, or? No. You think, are you thinking Red Dawn? I was thinking Red Dawn, yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Black Dawn is the same movie, except it's this black act, black actors. Oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, similar to the Black Gestapo. Um, did they ever sell that adorable fuzzy tomato? Because I couldn't find any on eBay. Oh, FT? Uh, you know, it might have been one of those things to make a joke of, and I imagine if the TV series would have been more popular, they might have made a toy line and actually had made one. Yeah. Because that's one of those funny things, like, Well, Playmates. they did make a toy line, because there are toy tomatoes. I guess just oh, did not. They make a, oh yeah. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes storyline. Oh yeah. I gotta see these. I, I, I'm surprised. I'm sure Playmates would have made them in the '90s. Yeah, if you just Google Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Let's, let's investigate toys. these toys. Do to- some toy talk. Haven't been toy talk since uh, we did Brave Star. Oh, I can. I can. They kind of look like Mad Balls. Yeah. I mean, they there weren't that many, and they were mostly just like balls. But yeah, they existed. These are pretty terrible. Oh yeah, they're god awful. Yeah, they really are just Mad Balls. I remember these now. I had one. I had one of these. Okay. I'm sure I had one. They made them all big and not actual action figures. I'm really surprised because I can imagine, like, like I said, Playmates making figures that would be kind of in the similar vein of, like, the Dick Tracy toys. Like, that kind of, like, bulky, squatty, like, five, four or five-inch figures. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, looks like uh, they made a keychain of that fuzzy tomato. I'm looking at it now. I see a tomato that looks a lot like uh, the one, uh, the cute one. Because it has its little little legs. Okay, well, they did make some vinyl figures. Some company did make some vinyl figures, like bendy figures, looks like. No, they have, I have arm articulation. So there were some actual action figures made for the cartoon show. Oh, that's cool. There we go. There's some there's some tips for you folks. Tips and tricks. Out there looking for some toys <laughs> on your favorite hot properties of the Attack 90s. of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, get out there. Oh, there's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes costumes. What? Yeah, like Halloween costumes. Sorry, guys, I gotta type into eBay real loud right now. And then I'm seeing a lot of cartoon artwork of uh, Tara with big tits, like fan cartoon, like fan artwork. Of course. Although she looked pretty, looked pretty hot in this, and still in the show. So. Well, yeah. They were, they were going for it. Wow. Oh, they have a sewing pattern. Sick. Super sick. Oh, there's the Game Boy game. How much does that go for? Lots of money. I could just sell mine. Pro- probably not. That's going for about twenty bucks. That that's insane. I uh, I think I'm gonna play right. that tonight and then sell it. 
I don't know, Steve. You know, it might might be included on the ne- next uh, Nintendo Classic console. You know, it might <laughs> people might be able to get their hands on it more easily here soon. But watch uh, out. I got to sell it fast. <laughs> get on it. Uh, let's see here, other 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 fun bits in the movie. I really liked how obviously the beginning of the movie is kind of a, a movie of the week type show, and during the the montage of the VT War. There's someone calling in saying, is this, is this the old movie? Is this new or what? It just looks like they're saving a bunch of money by just showing all of their old stuff. <laughs> I'm a big fan of really well done uh, fourth wall breaking jokes, Steve. Agreed. And this film was very good with them. Very and spot sparingly, on. And they're always at good moments in the film where it's like, this is a good good point to plug one in there. Like when Igor needs to chase after him, he's like, has there been a chase scene in this movie? No? Okay, and he just drives off immediately hits a bunch of boxes <laughs> and it's over. He's like, yes. man... What kind of chase scene is that? This movie's cheap. <laughs> so good. Uh, do we have any... Can we cut corners? Cut corners. Have you been paying attention the past two weeks? I've played three roles. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen our special effects? He's holding up the shitty map. Baby. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Yes. This has, that has a payoff because, like, why is that? It's such a shitty matte painting, and then boom, here's the payoff for the joke. Yep, they don't have the money for it. It's a cheap movie. It's amazing. Ah, uh, this movie and made then, me of course, laugh. Yeah, the, the sag bit and everything else. Oh yeah. And, uh, just just like the product placement bit, and then immediately into George Clooney at the pizza shop, just like plugging product after product after product. And then him and Anthony start going sit down, and immediately, like, someone's hand comes in and sits a giant box of, uh, of, uh, Frosted Flakes in front of them. Yeah! <laughs> just completely blocks their fucking face. <laughs> it's just, like, during their entire conversation, then they recognize and knock it over. And just, like, everything after that has, like, Pepsi. Like, in the movie, during, like, the big celebration, everyone's wearing Pepsi hats. Everyone has Pepsi hats. <laughs> it really kills me, especially when you brought that Wayne's World comparison. It's like almost immediately, it's like, you know, Pepsi is the taste of a new generation. Yep. I'm like, that's that's like the same line from Wayne's World. Yeah, it's almost like, I mean, I don't want to say it's a ripoff, because that's the tagline of the Pepsi Cola, you know? Yeah. And it's completely legitimate that someone just has the same idea for that fourth wall-breaking joke and use Pepsi. Of course, they're also going to say it's the taste of the new generation. Mm-hmm. But it definitely makes me rewatch the Wayne's World scene being like, oh, this was like, Two years later, the exact same joke in another movie. Yeah, I I don't know. I still really, I still really like that scene where he's rolled, and it's it's gonna be similar to this where they're they're getting legitimately paid for product placement, and they're finding a, a funny way to enter, like put it into their film. Because mm-hmm. nothing will ever top uh, the camera panning over to Garth wearing all Reebok gear. Yeah, saying you know sometimes people just want to do things for money, and I I think that's sad. Yeah, it, that's that's the best part of that whole gag. <laughs> That is a really funny joke. So, and, and and they're both done completely different ways. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out totally fine. This one, it's great, and just how um, um, egregious it is with it, and how it keeps coming up. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know what that? Well, how about a, how about a Moosehead for the beer up north, or how about Foster's for the beer down beer from out down south, or Crest? And then like the <laughs> fight is happening, and the guy's still holding the Crest thing up yeah. in front of his face, and but just that the Honda Quad Runner joke near the end of the film. It was such a good like punchline for the entire bit. It was. It was, and then because everyone, it wasn't just them riding off on it. Then everyone else is also riding off on Quad Runners. <laughs> uh, it's really good. Really, really good. Really enjoy that. Hey Pope. 
Oh, even that whole jukebox bit was funny. I think we should stop here. This is a good movie. How did this yeah. happen? I don't know. <laughs> Do it. Watching this film, I felt very similar to like watching Sergeant Kabuki Man. Yeah. Where here's a really good, really funny film that I don't feel like enough people appreciate or talk about from a company or you know people that just produced uh, trash very good films. <laughs> like even though I had I had some charming, I thought um, even though I thought Attack of the Killer Man is still charming, I had some nostalgia for it. I, I agreed with you on all your points and all the problems we discussed. Uh, but then it comes to this film, and it's like, this is just infinitely better. Infinitely I better. Ca- I can't believe the same people made this movie. <laughs> like, this movie was so much better that I want to buy the DVD so that the only so that I don't only own the first one on DVD. Because I feel like I'm insulting myself by doing that. Yeah, after I rented this, I'm like, okay, I'll pay three bucks. And I, like, immediately, like, five minutes in, I'm like, I, I should have just bought this movie. <laughs> I, I, will, I will still go out and buy this movie now, because I, I want to own it. It was really funny. It's one of those cases where... I'm going to go over to a friend's house. I'm like, have you seen Return of the Killer Tomatoes? Or if you have, when's the last time you saw it? Because this movie, this movie needs to be re- rediscovered by people and rewatched by people. I, I think it's just, it's chock full of really good jokes. It's, and it it's got a really ton of good jokes. It belongs on any list of sequels better than the original. Absolutely. Um, it's, it, it's clever, and it's fun, and it's just a good time. Yeah. And, and sex time. is good. It's natural. I'll make you uh, eggs and bacon and toast and pancakes and toast. <laughs> I mean, like the bit, like the toast bit. I was also like a bit that I keep running with, like John Aston saying, "She makes the best toast." <laughs> <laughs> Later on, she's making like just piles, piles of toast. If <laughs> 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 you just like subtle jokes that constantly have payoffs, this film is chock full of them. Really good. I think that's about it. Oh, I don't yeah. know if I want to. I don't. I, there's tons of other bits. I don't want to spoil everything. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's a ton of great bits, but I don't want to just fucking sit here and go like bullet point by bullet point going through every no, bit. I, that's fine. I, I covered all my favorite stuff. Were there any other specific favorite bits you want to talk about before we wrap it up here? Uh, give me a second. Let me think. I, uh, the product placement, John Aston, um, the jukebox scene. Jukebox scene had a reference to Miami Vice instantly. Five. Oh, seconds. instantly. Yeah. <laughs> I like that there's a illegal tomato dealer. Yeah, that whole entire bit, it's almost kind of like Godfather. It's like, you're tasty. He's like, got a little tiny, like, salt, uh, sorry, salt shaker on a string in his coat, like, shaking on his hand. Oh, this is the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that one moment's like, oh, no, oh, oh God. The, like, the one best, like, non sequitur line, like, rutabaga powder! <laughs> and just walks away. It's like, what's the fuck? Even the character's like, what is that? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Uh, I, I appreciate that they reference well not reference they literally take the best joke from the first movie tomato and put it into this film yeah because it's almost like the entire monologue there it's like they had the whole like uh, New York and it's picture San Francisco yes. like everything there is the same thing which again leads up better to the punchline of the woman calling in like this is the same movie <laughs> Uh, it it's also done in such a great way that it is definitely one of those cases where they don't dwell on it, but you also don't need to watch the first movie at all. No, absolutely. You not. get the whole thing in only a few minutes. It's mm-hmm. done really well as a way to get you up to um, catch up to speed. And I also respect that this is very much, even though it's ten fucking years later, and it's the same director, so he easily could have like just did a bit of a rewrite or something and made this like a new start. This is very much a part two. This is a sequel to the first one. Mm-hmm. And even as someone that doesn't like the first one, I respect that. Yep. 
it's uh, continuing the universe, continuing with the characters. I, from what I can tell, the third film doesn't really carry over most people. Mm-hmm. So, I, I no no more George Clooney. Oh. We need to make a new Tomatoes movie starring George Clooney. Now, when you make the carrot film. Yes, the carrot film. Hey, where's the where's the where's the carrot film? What's going on here? How many episodes does the TV series have? I'm looking that up right now. I was really curious. Uh, 21 episodes. So yeah, that makes sense. That's like a, that's basically kind of a minimum order for a mm-hmm. kids' TV series. Yeah. Of, of that time period. Hmm. Hmm. Killer Tomatoes Strike Back three years later. And then France one year later. I might, I might, might, I might take some personal time at some point and watch this to see how it turned, how it turned out. Yeah, just out of curiosity. Yeah, it wasn't something I, ca- I didn't care enough to try to track it down to, to watch it. But if I can, if I can get a decent copy of it, I, I'll, I'll check it out just to see where they go with it. If the quality sticks up, because the, the clips I watched of Killer Tomatoes Eat France made me have zero interest in watching it. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, this is just back to the same kind of garbage jokes of the first movie, right? I don't want this. I want, I want smart, snappy comedy. Uh, so I think we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, so Steve, star ratings for uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, surprisingly, I'm going to give this one a four. I also give this a very solid four and a hearty recommendation. Yes. Like we said, Def- definitely pick it up, check it out, share it with some friends. It deserves to be rediscovered and spread around the masses. And if you wanna, if you check, if you show it to some friends, you wanna, you get some opinions from back from them. Please email us at moviefilmsbillandsteve at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about the film, what your friends thought about the film, what your mom thought about the film. I'm sure she'll love it. And you can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. Just give us a like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a five star review. You can also find all of our episodes at moviefilmsbillandsteve.tumblr.com, so you can never miss a beat. And we're also on Stitcher on the website and the mobile app. And you can always find me on Twitter at Bill. And, of course, guys, you can check out my films, SilverSpotlightFilms.com, Facebook.com slash SilverSpotlightFilms. And if you want to see me be a superhero, Facebook.com slash TheAmazingSpiderSteve. Well, as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. They are gardeners and carpenters. They are not tomato men. <laughs>